This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Oh, the grand old Duke of Yorkshire. He had 11 men. He marched them up to the top of the hill or top of the prem and he marched them down again. When they were up, they were never really up. And when they were down, they were very much going down. When they were only halfway up, they were still going down. It's Friday the 5th of May. I'm Ollie Kirsch. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. It's fair to say City love themselves a bargain and there's been no better than Julian Alvarez in recent years. £50 million, what a steal. But if you fancy grabbing yourself an Alvarez-style bargain, then head over to Discount Dragon. With an array of food and drink products to choose from, you, the listener, can shop for the best high street bargains straight from the comfort of your own home. Discount Dragon is the place to find all of the best brands at better value, and new customers can even get an extra £5 off all orders. UK only, terms and conditions apply. Now, lads, it's the business end of the season by all accounts. Now, I think we've well and truly transitioned into the old cliche of the business end, the home straight, the running. Six games left for Man City, only four left for Big Sam to rescue Leeds. And, well, Leeds don't have a good record against City. Sam Allardyce doesn't have a good record against City. All signs are pointing towards a Leeds win, right? Uh, Andrew, I'm going to go with you first, ever the optimist. How are you feeling about this game? We look, we've looked a little bit tired in the last couple of fixtures, of course. You know, Coming off the back of the uh, the Arsenal victory, we looked a little bit leggy against West Ham, but still got the job done in emphatic fashion. But the doubleheader against Real Madrid looms large. How are you feeling, mate? I feel pretty confident. So as a just a 
point of thinking through this, you know, City are a team that is designed to be able to control matches and to dictate the pace of play. That is very much not what Leeds ever were under Bielsa or Marsh, where they were designed to disrupt and create chaos, and they have devolved under Grazia and now Sam Allardyce into a team that I don't know what they do, but it likely is not play the same sport that Manchester City does. So what we're going to be facing is really uh, the variance and the hilarious art that is football of, you know, something could happen, but it's not going to be because Sam Allardyce executes some perfect tactical plan that stuns this city squad into submission. It's just going to be, you know, if city does what they can do and should do, this is about as cut and dry of an end of the season match as you could want. Yeah, it's it's good time. Well, I would say it's good timing for the fixture against Leeds because it's it's just what you want. But I'm I'm of the school of thought, and I've mentioned this on the podcast recently that you don't really want to be playing a team fighting for the lives at this stage of the season. To be honest, you want a West Ham who are pretty much safe. You want a Fulham that are middling in the middle of the table. Leeds are fighting for the lives. They've brought in Big Sam, who is a specialist in survival, albeit probably a little bit late. I mean. From Leeds' perspective, the way I'm looking at this is actually they're going to come into this thinking we could pull off a bit of a miracle here. So, Ollie, is is that possible, or am I just being a bit kind of typical City and, and looking at this from a fantastical Leeds perspective? Yeah, well, the media have been doing their usual thing, fawning over a lazy, mostly unemployed, unemployed for the last few years. You know ruiner of all things good but enough about the coronation weekend uh big sam back at leeds um (laughs) (laughs) to get that one in um but you just you just feel there's going to be a feeling in uh, amongst leeds now that they can do something here you know i think i think allardyce has set them getting six points from these last four and if they can pick up an extra point here or an extra three points at at the Etihad, which they've done before, they did it under Bielsa in that ridiculous two-one uh, at the back end of the COVID season. Um, you know that they're more than capable of scraping by, um, but you know they haven't been the sum of their parts pretty much all year. Um, and it's and this is this is the thing: new manager, but four games left. He hasn't had much time to imprint his tactics. And he's not had much time to work with the group. So it, it could really be anything. This is Leeds's, you know, if, the, if there was anything they had close to a free hit, this is what it is. You know, Manchester City chasing a title rival down. It's a free hit for them. You know, if they get, if, if they get a bad 5-0, Sam Allardyce can say, well, look, it's Manchester City. I might think I'm better than Pep, as he's apparently said in his press conference this week. But, um, you know... He could, he, but they could just as easily scrape a one nil. And you know, you look at City's recent performances. You know, it was it's been edgy. They haven't they haven't been perfect, but they've got the job done, and that's what it's about. And the, and it's how City are going to come into this game. They're going to come into it thinking we've just got to get this job done. I don't think Pep's going to be going wild over the fact it's Sam Allardyce as, as if it was Bielsa or even Jesse Marsh. You know, he's put up some interesting teams against Jesse Marsh's leads. Um, and I mean, Javi Gracia, the, City smacked Watford for years 
um, under any manager and every manager that they've had um, during Pep's time here. So, I mean, to be fair, after this past month, I think uh, anyone who's ever played Javi Grazia can say they've smacked him whenever they've wanted. Because, well, yeah, uh, yeah they, I mean, they officially broke the record for most goals conceded in the calendar month, which was held by Newcastle since 1986, uh, which was 21 goals, and Leeds gave up 23, conceding. 4-1 to Bournemouth, 6-1 to Liverpool, 5-1 to Crystal Palace, and 4-1 to Arsenal in the span of a month. So, you know, I, I get the point you guys are talking about, about maybe they'll feel like they've got something. I don't think that those players have a single, like, brain cell of confidence left because I can't imagine just having that month and then seeing Sam Allardyce come into a room and being like, yeah, this is the guy that's going to fix our problems. Well, I just want sorry. I'm gonna. I just want to pick up on one thing that Andrew said, and then pass it back over to you, Ollie, because there is something relevant here, which is of the little was seen of Allardyce, i.e., his welcoming press conference at Leeds. Um, there were there was one thing he said, which is is quite smart. Two things actually. The first one was taking that pressure off the players. He's made these comments about being better than Pep, better yeah. than Klopp, better than. Listen, Sam Allardyce himself knows that's an absolute cartload of horse shit, right? He he gets that. But he's taking that pressure off the players so that if he performs badly, everyone's going to laugh at him and say, "Ha, ah, you know, you said you you said you were better than these." Um the other thing he pointed out was that he doesn't think that there is a massive problem when leads are on the ball, which is uh, I can uh, fairly agreeable. You know, they they do okay. They do score goals. Um, they're not too bad going forward. They've got threats in Gononso, Sinistera, uh, Bamford as well. When he's not missing, you know, kicking air from two yards out, which was quite an incredible miss. And the other thing is, I watched a clip of Allardyce with regards to surprises, where he was talking about his idea of beautiful football. And he said the, the, what gets fans excited is a big ball up to the big man who's going to flick it on for somebody else or turn and hit it and score. That There are no surprises with Allardyce. He's 4-4 four, four, fucking 2. That's Allardyce. And that's fine, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to cause us problems. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's it. And we've seen City against these teams who are going to sit deep. You know, um, I, mean, I mean, Sam Allardyce's last job, West Brom, uh, he, he, he got... He got the job because of Billage getting sacked after Billage pl- pretty much played a perfect Allardyce game against City and got a one-one. You know that's the blueprint is there. We've seen Sam Allardyce do this for years in the Premier League. You know nine Premier League teams he's managed, and West Brom were his first failure um, in keep in failing to keep them up. And you know there's been a million problems at that club, much like Leeds at the moment. Leeds are a very dysfunctional club. You know they're in the midst of this battle for the ownership. You know. Andrea Radrizzani wants to sell his majority shares off to uh, the NFL, the NFL team that uh, part own leads. Uh, the director of football, Victor Ort, has gone probably as a result of Allardyce coming in. You know, it's the complete antithesis of what he's tried to do at Leeds. Um, their transfer business has been all over the place over the last couple of seasons in the Premier League. This is a club that you know they just need to just get to the end of the season. You know, they are they are praying come May 28th that that final whistle goes and they've somehow scraped their way back into, you know, the top 17 of the Premier League. And, you know, there's no better man, I think, out there than Sam Allardyce to do that job for a club like Leeds. Who just They just need someone to come in, as you say, take the pressure off the players. And that's what he's done. He said, you know, there's nothing else I can do except just take the pressure off these players. Um, and he's going to do that. And you know he's, he, they're going to see this game as a complete free hit. You know if they get if City go and score five, six, seven, ten, 
you know, as everyone kind of thought would happen weekly under with Haaland at City and back back last summer. Um, you know, but it could just as easily be an absolute robbery and we're all sitting here fuming on Sunday. It's I, that's I, I guess the uh I get that concern, but I do think the one difference is that one of the reasons that Leeds are dysfunctional is that under Victor Orta, who brought in both Bielsa and Marsh, Leeds have prioritized a specific type of player and a specific profile that does not mesh with the concept of a 4-4-2 controlled defend deep. And it's why you've actually seen, I don't want to say that Leeds were wrong to fire Jesse Marsh in the sense that he would have kept them up. I don't know that you can say that, but what you can say is that all of Leeds' underlying numbers just got way worse when you had Javi Grazia come in and try to play a completely different style of football than what these players were assembled for. And so maybe Allardyce can have them be more defensively solid to where they are not conceding five to six goals a match, but he's not going to be able to create a system that is a functional 4-4-2 that I think necessarily poses the threat he wants, particularly due to the fact that Sinister is out for this match, Tyler Adams is out for this match, Liam Cooper um, is out for the match, and then Stuart Dallas, who last appeared for Leeds before he broke his leg against City last season, likely will also not be returning the pitch. And those are all four players who've kind of played a big part of Leeds' time in the Premier League. And so for me, I do think... City have to take this seriously. Sam Allardyce is a competent manager who knows how to set up a tactical plan. But this is definitely not a match that Pep should in any way be overthinking. Just put 11 good players with a solid plan that is the normal City plan, and you'll get across the line. Yeah, and and just going back to what you said, Ollie, the transfer business has been all over the place. But if leads do go down... It's, it's clubs, Premier League clubs are going to have a field day because there are some good players in there. Jack Harrison, absolutely. Of course, you know, he's a, a CFG alumnus. And there are a few players in there that I think, I think some clubs will be after. Uh, confession time. I won't be happy if Leeds go down. I, Leeds is, is, is what I would consider my second club. I've got loads of friends there. I spent a lot of my teenage years there and I went to uni there. So I'm, I am very fond of Leeds. And of course, we've got the mutual hatred of uh, the, the red lot over in Salford. I hope they don't go down. But from a Leeds perspective, I think if they're looking to stay up, they're looking for a result against West Ham and potentially a point or three against Spurs. From speaking with friends over in Leeds... I don't think they are expecting anything, or at least they weren't until Allardyce came in and perhaps you know some kind of freakish new manager bounce. But just before we move on to the second half, where we will focus more on the matchup itself and City and how we're going to approach it, Andrew, what do you think of Leeds' survival prospects? I think I would, if I'm a Leeds fan, I feel better than. I would if I were, I mean, Southampton are gone. So, you know, that we can all expect that. I think if I'm an average fan, I'm concerned. Their, their run-in is horrendous, about as bad as Leeds, I would say. Um, but not having the freakish bounce that a new manager like Allardyce could bring in. And I do think that Spurs match for Leeds is a little bit of a false flag of how strong it could be because that team's going to be on the beach at that point. Like, they're not going to care. So I think there's potential there. So for me, I think Southampton and Everton are kind of locked in at this point. And of the remaining three teams, because I think we're in a five-team race at this point to see relegated, I think only Leicester 
should feel better than Leeds do. I think the current bottom three of Forest, Everton, Southampton are probably who we're going to be looking at. Yeah, Ollie, what about you? Leeds yeah. staying up, going down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit like you. I've always had a soft spot for Leeds um, as a city and as a club. Um, I've got I've got a few friends who support Leeds. Um, and they've always been very nice about Manchester City, and you know, as we say, shared hatred of, of that lot over in Salford. So anyone who hates them, I can be a friend of theirs. Um, you know, I hope I hope they stay up because they're just an entertaining club to have in the Premier League. You know, um, under Bielsa, they played some of the best football this league's ever seen. Um, under Jesse Marsh, you know, he's a guy who knows how to put up a good press conference and, you know, you can kind of make everything seem a bit more relaxed in the Premier League and a bit of Barclays. But, you know, they're a club that, you know, that you kind of get the feeling, I don't want to say sleeping giant, but it's that sort of feeling you get with Leeds. You know, if this ownership, if if, if these new owners from uh, the San Francisco 49ers come in full time as the full, as full majority owners, that could be the thing that really wakes that club up. That could be the thing that, you know, one team cities are so special in that regard because it's a whole area behind them. You know, we've seen it in Newcastle over the last 18 months or so, and what you know the takeover up there has done to them. Um, and Leeds are a team that need pretty much a whole new squad. You know, there's a handful of players that should really be there after the summer, whatever league they're in. Um, you know, but it's dicey, it really is dicey. And this is a team that just desperately need a shot in the arm. Um, whether whether they expected that to be a pure bisto from Sam Allardyce, I'm not particularly sure. But you 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 kind of back them now over a club like Forest, who just I don't see the appeal there. I don't see what's great about them. Every every week they look a completely different outfit. And you know Leeds under Jesse Marsh, the last few months of Jesse Marsh, there wasn't really a plan there, but you could see what was you could see the machinations of something that could have been better than than what it was and you know you just think better fixtures or a better rub of the green you know that have got that have been much safer by now um but Sam Allardyce he's worked miracles before you know this is going to be his shortest one yet four games I mean that just kind of sums up Leeds as a club at the moment doesn't it you know bringing in a manager for four games you know not even just promoting the 21s manager or anything like that just giving a brand new manager four games a couple of weeks to work work the magic but um as i say if anyone can do it it's Sam Allardyce yeah i think Allardyce is in essence a good appointment for what they're trying to achieve my very very first reaction to it was it's too late it, it's just too late and, and it might not be you know it might work a miracle and i do genuinely hope they do except against city but yeah, it, it just strikes me as a good appointment four weeks ago, five weeks ago. And they, they've perhaps just left it a little bit too late, even for a survival specialist like Allardyce to do his thing. But you're right, I agree. Lees are a sleeping giant. If you were to make a, a list of 20 or 22 quintessential vintage Barclays Premier League clubs, Leeds are absolutely in there. So I hope they stay up. But... It's uh, it's tough to see a route out. They've got City, they've got Newcastle, they've got West Ham and they've got Spurs. The only thing is they, they do need to hope that West Ham are safe by then and perhaps their heads are in the summer and same with Tottenham. But uh, yeah, it's, it's extremely dicey. So we're going to wrap up part one there. Part two, we're going to have a chat about City, how we approach the game and how we see that game going and we've got a little bit of a special segment coming from Andrew Detmer. Stay tuned. 
This episode of the City Report podcast is sponsored by Discount Dragon. Just like Johnny Stones, we know that bargains get the blues excited and you can find all of the best brands at better value over on Discount Dragon. If you're a new customer, you'll even be able to grab yourself an extra £5 off any order that you place. So get over to Discount Dragon as quick as you can. UK only, terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your place for daily Manchester City content. So, Andrew has uh, built a bit of a reputation with the City Report lads. I'm sure regular listeners, you might have picked up on it, that he is the polar opposite to our own Amos Murphy as well. Amos's vibes and momentum and heart and emotion of football and Andrew Data Detmer is cold stats. So... I wanted to give Andrew the freedom to give us 60 seconds or so of some numbers around City, around Leeds, the matchup, players, whatever he's got. So, yeah, Andrew, far away. Yeah, so let's let's go ahead and start and set the, the tone uh, for both the clubs and the managers we're going to be looking at on, on uh, the match day. So Leeds and City have met in the Premier League a total of five times to this point um, in recent history. Leeds have one win, which was a 2-1 win in April 2021, and there was a draw in October 2020, so that's the first season we played. Since that time, City have won all three matches with an aggregate scoreline of 14-1. to Sam Allardyce has faced Pep Guardiola four times as well, so not dissimilar numbers. Uh, he has lost all four of those to Pep Guardiola by an aggregate scoreline of 16-1. to um, But fear not, Leeds fans, because... The numbers don't get that much worse. Um, Leeds are 15th in the league in expected goals allowed at 1.76 XG allowed per match. Uh, and then actual goals allowed, they actually let even more in at 1.88 goals per match. Uh, City, by the way, first in both of those categories in the league at 0.83 XG allowed and 0.88 of actual goals Uh Expected goals created, similar story. Leeds are actually mid-table. They're 10th on that at 1.29. They score a little bit less at 1.26. City, 2.24. XG created a match, but scoring at 2.256. So still outrunning our XG, thanks to our Lord and Savior, Erling Holland. But fear not, Leeds fan, there are two categories that you lead the league in. And Sam Allardyce is going to love those uh, statistics because they are successful tackles per 90 at 12.9. and fouls per match at 12.2. Uh, City hilariously are 20th in the Premier League in both of those categories at 7.5 and 9.4, <laughs> respectively. So if Sam Allardyce wants to come in and tell the Leeds lads to just go on and give them a kick in, hey, he's got the squad to do it. But other than that, good luck to you, Leeds fans. All I heard with those numbers regarding fouls and tackles means that they just don't have the ball enough, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um and just one more to add as well, Sam Allardyce against City, full stop. Now, Allardyce has been around a while. He played City a few times before Sheikh Mansour's era and before Pep Guardiola's era. Before Winston Churchill's era, right? Um, yeah, well, yeah. We are actually the club that Allardyce has lost the most games to full stop um, in his career. Allardyce has lost 23 games to City. The next one down is Arsenal at 22. So, Leeds... Allardyce, yeah, it it doesn't look good. But then an optimist might say it's due. So let's see how we're going to line up. Rotation, there's a lot of chats. You know, Rodri's 
ever tired at the moment. Uh, there was a, <laughs> a really bad picture I saw of him. He looked, he looked like he had enormous sacks under his eyes after the game at the weekend against um, against. Oh, Full of my head, my mind's just gone blank. Somebody shouts it, West Ham. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, just completely switched off then. But yeah, Rod Rodgers is looking tired. Calvin Phillips came on looking extremely pleased with himself on the ninetieth. Is there any chance, Ollie, that Calvin is going to start against his hometown club? And who else might we see rotated in or out? Um, I mean, if if, he, if Calvin Phillips is going to get a game in the pre- a full a start in the Premier League uh, between now and the end of the season, this looks to be the game that will do it in. I hope it isn't, and I don't think he will anyway. Um, as tired as Rodri might be, uh, the way to defeat a Sam Allardyce team is height, and Rodri's the tallest player. You know, for set pe- for you know defensive set pieces and attacking set pieces, he's a guy you want in the box at all times. Um, whether it's a case of you know giving him sixty minutes and taking him off, and just you know giving Calvin the run of things or whatever in the second half, then maybe that's the way to do it. But you've got to start with Rodri in this game for me. Uh, in terms of other rotation, uh, this is the game to bring back Phil Foden, uh, a lovely little cameo off the bench against West Ham. Um, and it, it's just picking what side you want to play him on. I'd play him on the right and, you know, as tired as Grealish is as well, I'd stick with him on the left. Um, and you think, and I think we'll probably see Kevin De Bruyne come straight back in for Julian Alvarez as well. Uh, Julian Alvarez did what he always does against West uh, against West Ham the other night, you know, ran like a terrier, pressed hard, but his first touch deserted him a few times, wasn't his cleanest of games. But at the same time, Kevin De Bruyne is Kevin De Bruyne and my FPL needs the points. So please, Kev, come back. Um, as for any other rotation, I think we'll probably see Laporte come back in as well. Um, same sort of situation as Calvin. If he's going to get a start before the end of the season, this looks to be a game to do it in. Um, you know, he's not had the best um, amount of get. He's not had a premier amount of game time the last few months. Um, and I bet he's chomping at the bit just to get on the pitch in any capacity because he doesn't even seem to be coming on as a substitute uh, late on in games. You know, he was telling that uh, Pep put a Kanji on over Ake uh, the other night uh, when Ake came off about the 70th minute. Um, the other spot, uh, thrown up thanks to the West Ham game is who plays in goal is Ortega's impressive Premier League debut going to get him a second game in the league or will we return to Edison I think it'll probably be straight back to Edison but because um, it didn't seem to be injury related uh, considering Edison was out there warming up perfectly fine on Wednesday night um, so I think we'll probably see Edison come straight back in but it's worth noting Ortega played beautifully uh, brilliant save in the first half to keep it at nil-nil uh, would have could it could have been a completely different game if that goal had gone in? Um, he's the, probably the most able deputy in the Premier League at the moment. So if if you know the team sheet comes out and it's Ortega at the top of it, I'm not going to complain either way, really. Loris Carrius wants a word about being the most able deputy, but um, <laughs> I agree about De Bruyne as well. That really screwed me in fantasy, uh, pressing at the near the top of one of my mini leagues and. De Bruyne missing out on both games really, really harmed me, seeing as my opposite number is uh, holding Salah at the moment, who had a great week. So, Andrew, we're talking here. Let, let's assume Ollie's spot on. You know, Harlan's going to play. De Bruyne's going to come back in. Uh, we, we, we are going to start, start Rodri again. I'm, I'm concerned now because I think certain players, namely Rodri, are in the red zone. And with the games against Madrid coming up, are we 
Are we tempting fate a little bit here? I, I think we would be, but I I just I don't think he starts. I, I mean, if he is in the red zone, they're not going to play him because the sports science team is going to be in Pepsi. You're like, you cannot risk him. It would be one thing if he's in the red zone and this is a, you know, a must win. It's the final match of the season if he's injured, whatever. But you can't risk him to beat Leeds right before we have to play Real Madrid because you absolutely need Rodri at the base of midfield going away to Madrid. So for my money, I do think we're probably going to see a double pivot of either Phillips and Gundogan or Phillips and Bernardo as, you know, kind of a more defensively set midfield. I think probably we're looking at a, a 4-2-3-1. Um, I do think maybe you bring Rico Lewis in on the left um, to give a little bit more rotation to some other defenders. I, I just view this match. I think that Pep is going to see it as an opportunity to give some guys some minutes to get up to speed if they need it. Someone like De Bruyne, who's you're going to want to play him. So he's ready for Madrid. I think Ederson has to play because there's no way Ortega is playing against Madrid and you can't have Ederson sit for two straight matches. He just, you want him to stay sharp. Um, but Roger is really the one that concerns me. I think everyone else you could convince me. I mean, Holland has been pulled off at 60 minutes so many times this season because he's scored on a, certain amount of goals and Pep's like, ah, it's enough. Come on off. But I, I think if you, if you, we can't rest Rodri now, I don't see when you get him the rest and you just have to give him some, some time to not play. On the topic of Haaland, he's facing his own boyhood club as well. He's uh, similar to you and I, Ollie. He's known to have a soft spot, both for the blues and for Leeds. Do we need him? If Alvarez is fit, is it at this point of the season worth giving him a rest? Does he need a rest? But also with an Allardyce team, and we've talked about the fouls, we've talked about physicality, is this a risk that we just don't need to take? Picking any game to leave Erling Haaland on the bench as as a fan is just disgraceful to me because it, you know, <laughs> he, he he's the guy you come to see City for now. He's the guy you want to see play. You know, any you know, we're, we're not the biggest um, you know promoter of you know the tourists who come to Manchester City, but you know the, the thousands of people who who will only see Manchester City maybe once in their lives they're coming to see Haaland. Um, and I don't think he'll take lightly to being left on the bench in any game. You know, you could leave him on the bench in the FA Cup against Cheltenham Town and he'd, you know, probably sit there a little bit annoyed because he'd see it as a goal fest. He, and, you know, especially against Leeds, the city he was born in, the city he said to uh, support just as much as City, he'll want to play, especially especially uh, after just breaking the record the other night. He'll want to, you know, ramp it up and chase down Dixie Dean, 63, um, 12 away. So, you know he's got he's got more than enough opportunities to do it, but um, and especially after Alvarez's performance the other night, um, I think it's maybe one where you give Haaland the start and then bring Alvarez on. You know, twenty thirty minutes, regardless of how many, if any, Haaland scored. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the way Pep likes to do things. He'll want to see this game as getting it won and getting it done. You know. If, you know the dream situation for Pep in every game at the moment is going up three 0 in the first half and making two or three changes at half time or or fifty sixtieth minute. It's going to be the same here as well, um, and especially with Madrid looming, uh, having a slightly longer kind of break. You know, playing Saturday three pm to Tuesday night, even if it is away, 
you know, it's it's a decent amount of time for recovery for some of these players, especially if they only play 45, 60 minutes. Um, but Haaland's one you've just got to keep starting for me. There's no, there's no game between now and the end of the season he shouldn't be playing in for me. He's got to play. If he's if he's if he's ready to play and the medics say he's ready to play and the physios say he can do it, keep him on the pitch. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think I think as long as everything's been fine with him physically since well, I mean it applies for every game. As long as there are no identifiable issues, play him. Even if it's forty five minutes, two, three, four, nil, whatever it might be, whenever Pep's comfortable then bring him off. I, I'm inclined to agree. I, I just am a little bit concerned about uh, Leeds under Allardyce and the tactics they might employ with Haaland. But listen, he's a big boy and he never does seem to struggle with the physicality. He hasn't struggled with the physicality this season. He's not been bullied once, to be honest. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, boys, before we wrap up then, as I always like to do for these, I want some predictions. Andrew, scoreline and... Will City finally uh, keep two clean sheets on the bounce? I think it's been a while since we've done that. Yes, we're going to keep a clean sheet and it's going to be 3-0. Three 3-0, nil. Three nil. straight. Two on the bounce then. Ollie? Uh, I'm I'm not quite that confident. I think it would be probably quite a nervy 2-1, two, 2-0 two at most. Um, I, I just get the feeling Leeds are going to get a goal, maybe even the first goal in the game. Um, I just think there's going to be something about about them that just kind of shocks shocks the crowd a little bit and uh, sets and sets the, uh, the Leeds fans off a little bit. But um, I think City have more than enough to win this game. But I don't think it's going to be a, a hugely you know momentous scoreline um, for Manchester City. So two one. I'm just looking back at our fixtures. And unless I've missed something, uh, comment and correct me on Twitter when we tweet this out if I am wrong. But it looks to me like we haven't kept two clean sheets on the bounce since the first two games of the season. 2-0 against West Ham. This is league clean sheets. 2-0 against West Ham away. 4-0 at home to Bournemouth. And yeah, unless I'm missing this looking down the list. That's not surprising considering we've uh, given up about a goal per match this season on Mm -hmm. average. So, I mean, yeah, we we haven't kept many clean sheets, but... Hey, as long as we score uh, more goals than the other side does, all Gucci. Yeah. Ah, no, there we go. March, beginning of March, 2-0 at home to Newcastle, 1-0 away at Palace. So we've done it. We've done it a couple of times, but uh, it hasn't come easy for these clean sheets for City. I'm going to say 4-1 to the Blues. Uh, I do think Leeds will score. I think they they are good. They're pacey. They, 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 they have got quality going forward. Absolutely. It's undeniable. It's just whether or not they can stop us really romping home with four, five, six goals. So, yeah, I'll go 4-1 to City. Um, Leeds fans, any of you listening, I do hope in my heart of hearts that you do stay up, but uh, after we've smashed you, preferably, and then you can go on and do what you want for the rest of the season. So that will wrap up for this one. Make sure you do catch the review that will be up after the game. Uh, I think Sunday that one will be going live, either Sunday or Monday. So keep an eye on the feed notifications on and Andrew thank you very much cheers Ollie thank you thank you very much I've been Ollie and this has been the City Report podcast the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year 
We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.